We welcome all of you to Beautiful Savior for this video worship service as we celebrate the third Sunday of Easter. <clears throat> and again, we pray to our Lord God that soon we will be able to gather together for worship. Until that time, once again as your pastor, I wish all of you the peace of the Lord which passes all understanding. Bring a blessing. May I 
walls of faith and at the end of my heart's In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return, O my soul, to your rest, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. We confess our sins. Almighty God, merciful Father, forgive us for living based on what we can see rather than by faith in the reality established by your word. Forgive us for listening to the voices of the world, the opinions of others, and to our own sinful nature rather than to the living voice of Jesus in the scriptures. This we ask for the sake of Jesus Christ, who shed his precious blood for us on the cross. You have been transformed and ransomed from futile and sinful ways, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. As a called and ordained servant of the word, I announce the grace of God and the forgiveness to all of you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Let us pray. O God, through the humiliation of your Son, you raised up the fallen world. Grant to your faithful people, rescued from the peril of everlasting death, perpetual gladness and eternal joys. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first reading for this, the third Sunday in Easter, is from the second chapter of Acts. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are afar off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized 
and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is from St. Peter's first letter, chapter 1. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believed in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply, from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field, The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. This is the word of the Lord. The gospel for today is from St. John's Gospel, chapter 21, and this also serves as the basis for our message today. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee, It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathanael from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, Throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped out his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came back, took some bread and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. 
This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. This is the gospel of the Lord. God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. 
As I mentioned before, the Word of God upon which we base our message on this third, third Sunday in Easter is the Gospel for today, John chapter 21. You heard it read before. I recall just these words. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. In the name of our risen Lord Jesus Christ, dear friends, have you ever been confused? Confusion brings along with it a whole lot of different byproducts, and none of them are any good. Confusion produces upset, anxiety, frustration, depression, fear, perhaps even anger. When my youngest son was five years old, he was doing some gym gymnastics on a railing uh, on our porch, and he fell three feet off the porch right on his head. And of course, there was a concussion. That trip to Children's Hospital certainly was frightening. You know, I always have to tell a little kid or anybody who gets a concussion, now don't go to sleep. But for a while, he didn't know where he was or who he was. Confusion can be frightening. And then there was a time many years ago before the GPS and all these uh, finders of destinations uh, where we had a, a conference down in, in St. Louis and our hotel was right uh, beneath the shadow of the big arch. And four of us men decided on the weekend that we wanted to go to church in one of the outer suburbs. And so we traveled there, worshipped, and when we came back, we forgot the directions and we were lost in the middle of the city of St. Louis. And we traveled around and traveled around and finally we saw the arch. And then we could wind our way through the streets of St. Louis back home, only to arrive an hour late for lunch. Confusion can bring frustration. Did you ever try to do your tax returns at uh, 10 p.m. on April 14th? Now that would really be confusing. Perhaps even bring a little frustration or even anger. After the very first Easter Sunday, <clears throat> there were clouds of confusion that hung over the heads of the disciples. And so it was that Jesus used the 40 days before his ascension into heaven and after his resurrection to clear away the clouds of confusion. Now, it's kind of interesting to note <clears throat> that this appearance of Jesus was uh, actually predicted by Jesus before his death. Before his death in the Mount of Olives, Jesus said, You will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Now, the same prediction was also made by the Easter angel. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. 
he is not here. See the place where they laid him, but go tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as I told you. And so it was, on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, Jesus appeared at breakfast with his disciples to clear up their confusion. And so today, Jesus also invites us, you and me, to have breakfast with him, to witness how he clears away the clouds of confusion to bring us peace. It's been quite a few years since my father-in-law died and my father died and went to heaven. And it's so memorable and it never gets out of your brain because uh, he was pretty well uh, healthy on July 4th that year. And July 5th, very suddenly, he was called home to heaven. It's kind of an unusual year, too, because we had a family reunion scheduled. Family came from all over the United States to be there. And now our plans changed. Instead of a family reunion with a lot of smiles, a family reunion was a funeral. Well, at the funeral and the visitation, all the family was gathered around. And um, one of the uh, grandchildren, when uh, we were passing by the casket, looked down at Grandpa and said, Somebody get him out of there. Death is so confusing to young children. Talk to a three or four or five or six years old and they say, well, where did Grandpa go? Well, Grandpa's in heaven with Jesus. They might even be kind of frightened. Well, if that's the way it is, I don't know if I want to go there. Death can be so confusing to children. We, of course, knowledgeable adults know that Dead men don't climb out of their caskets. And no matter how loud you might yell, wake up at a funeral, you'll get no response from the corpse. But Jesus did, and he will. Lazarus, come out. Jesus rose from his own grave. And at the last trumpet, when he issues his wake-up call, every corpse will respond. And that's why Jesus had breakfast with his disciples to clear away the clouds of confusion, to let them understand that, once again, this was no apparition. This was hard, factual evidence for eyewitnesses. He wanted those adult disciples to have a childlike faith where there was no more confusion. And even today, Jesus speaks to us and says, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forever and ever. And because I live, you too will live. Be not confused, but believe. He lives, he lives, who once was dead He lives my ever-living head. And what was the result of Jesus' breakfast appearance with his disciples? John says, none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? 
they knew it was the Lord. But there was also a second confusion that Jesus had to clear up with his breakfast appearance. And he did it by performing an early morning miracle. The disciples had fished all night and they came back with nothing. Jesus says, haven't you any fish? They said, no. Jesus said, well, throw your net out on the right side of the boat. You see, our beautiful Savior, the King of creation, knows where all the fish are in all the lakes and oceans and streams and seas. And if Jesus wanted the fish to be on the right side of the boat, they'd be on the right side of the boat. It's kind of interesting how John this time gives us an exact count. He says they caught 153 large fish. You see, Jesus had given indications to his disciples that he was never going to leave them, but now his physical presence was going to be replaced with a spiritual presence. He wanted to assure them that he would never forsake them. He would always continue to provide for them. And so he provided a whole lot of fish for their livelihood and even a little fish for breakfast. You know anybody who's poor? I used to listen to stories that my grandmother would tell me about the Great Depression and how everybody had such little money And so on a Friday after work, those who were working, everybody on the block would pool their nickels and their dimes and they would send somebody down to the uh, nearest restaurant and to buy a, a bucket of beer. And then they would take the bucket of beer home and somebody would pop popcorn and everybody would sit around in the backyard talking and that was the height of their entertainment in the Great Depression. My grandmother also said a lot of the men couldn't afford to buy new shoes, and so the shoes wore out, and the soles of your uh, shoe began to flap around, so they would put rubber bands around the front, uh, the the, the top of your uh, shoe to keep it from flapping. Those people were poor. I remember uh, some of the early years of uh, our marriage, my wife and I, We were really poor. I remember there was one Christmas where all I could afford was a $5 dried out old Christmas tree. The needles dropped as soon as we brought it in. I gave my wife a few pieces of hard cherry candy, and that was our Christmas. We were so poor. You might ask, uh, I asked myself, why am I here today? How did we ever make it? And the answer is, just one day at a time, With the grace of God, the eyes of all creation look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand, and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. King David also said, I have been young, and now I am old, but I have never seen a righteous person abandoned or his descendants begging for food. He will not abandon his godly ones. The resurrected Lord continued to provide for his disciples. And even today, he still remains concerned 
about the big important things in your life, like your job, and like the little important things in your life, like your breakfast. And so continue to have breakfast with Jesus, whether it's a traditional sit-down breakfast or the drive-through while you, while you buy your uh, sausage muffin or you run out the door with your breakfast bar, remember to say, come Lord Jesus, be my guest. He is the provider in adversity and prosperity. And these are tough times in which we're living And you may be worried about your job. And you may be worried about the economy. And you may be asking yourself, how are we going to make it? And the answer is, just one day at a time with the grace of God. He lives to grant me rich supply. He lives to guide me with his eye. Don't be confused. He will not forsake you, and he will continue to provide. And then Jesus' breakfast appearance cleared up a third confusion. A confusion in the disciples in in the fact that they had uh, an identity crisis. It had probably been at least a couple weeks since that first Easter morning, and it could have been another week since Jesus appeared to the disciples. Their three-year seminary professor was now not going to be with them physically any longer. Maybe those itinerant students should go back to uh, a regular and a steady vocation of fishing. And so it was at that breakfast appearance that Jesus reinstated Peter and said, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. Jesus was clearing up the disciples' identity crisis. They were not fishermen. They were going to be evangelists. You know, sometimes I think we Christians even can get ourselves into a bit of an identity crisis because we confuse what we do with who we are. And it begins way back in childhood. I mean, you know how it went. Now, Bobby, now, Susie, what are you going to be when you grow up? And then you get the standard response. Well, I'm going to be a fireman. I'm going to be a nurse. I'm going to be a pastor. And then you graduate or you uh, pass a licensing exam. Now I'm a doctor, you say. Now I'm a plumber. Now I'm a realtor. But that's not really true. You may practice law. You may fix pipes. You may sell houses. But who you really are is a child of God. It makes life so frustrating when we equate our earthly profession with our identity because what happens if every day you're not just the best mother, not just the best dentist, not just the best pastor? If we aren't our very best every day, that doesn't mean that we're a failure or no good 
because every day you are a child of God. So don't be confused because your worth and your value are not what you do, but who God made you to be. And he, and he paid your adoption fee, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and his innocent suffering and death. And now you are his child. He lives, my kind, wise, heavenly friend. He lives and loves me to the end. And you see, once you understand your true identity, that you are a child of God, there's only one thing left to do. Why, you just have to tell others about your father and your brother. Once Peter was reassured by his Savior that even though he had an identity crisis way back when, he was a hindrance and he was a denier and he was a runaway and he was a boaster, but he recognized finally that he was still a child of God. Then he was ready to feed the sheep and to feed the lambs. The disciples, no longer fishermen, but rather children of God and his spokesmen. Having breakfast with Jesus to break up the clouds of confusion. He was dead, but he is alive. He will not forsake, but he will provide. And he assures you of your true identity, a child of God with a resurrected Savior as your brother. Oh, I think I see the clouds of confusion beginning to clear up. And with confusion erased, may your anxiety and fear and frustration be replaced in your life with great peace. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We confess our faith with the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. God blessed Rachel and Mike Tremel on April 13th with the gift of a healthy daughter. We pray. Lord of life, we marvel again at the wonderful way in which you bring children into the world. Accept our thanks for holding your protecting hand over this mother in childbirth and for bringing joy to these parents with the gift of a daughter. <laughs> 
bless this child, and now you have also received her into your kingdom through the sacrament of holy baptism, and as such, protect her from every danger of body and soul, and give her parents the love, wisdom, and means to care for this child you have entrusted to them. We ask this in the name of Jesus, the friend of children. Amen. We pray. Sovereign Lord, we bow low before you in this time of national pestilence. We confess that as a nation we have deserved your chastening judgments. Yet we also trust your promises that even when you chasten, your purposes are loving and good. Be present with your strong comfort among those most directly affected by this pestilence and in your mercy make shattered lives whole again. Use this plague to make us as a nation deeply aware of our total dependence on you. Give us courage to face whatever the future holds, knowing that it and we are in your hands. Amen. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and all people according to their needs. For those within Christendom whom you have selected to lead your church, that they may be blessed with your guidance and direction through your word, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For those whose lives have been turned upside down by pestilence, calamity, tragedy, that you would bring the resources of Christian people to their aid, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For the leaders around the world whom you have placed in positions of authority, that they may see you and not themselves as the source of wisdom for the decision-making. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For those whom we know to be lacking in faith, that the Holy Spirit may use us in some way to turn their hearts to you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For those who are struggling with issues related to aging, that you would comfort their fears and alleviate them of their concerns. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For those times when we are tempted to stray from your word and to turn to the world's answers, forgive us for our lack of faith and show us your powerful influence in our lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now we join together in praying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. <laughs>